how could they do this? Why would they do this? Thank you so much for uh, being interested in me. That's not, a lot of people don't do that. So, Working Fans Podcast, cool. Yep. All right, here we go, coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at Fans Working. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast with Dave, AJ, producer Joe, and we're going to start off with talking about a little bit of wrestling this week. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about a little bit of boxing first. Guy who's been into WWE a few times, Tyson Fury, won the WBC Heavyweight Championship last night from Dante Wilder. AJ, did you see the fight? I did. I think it was one of the best performances I've seen from Tyson Fury yet. And the fact that he came out in the shape that everybody thought that he was going to be in at 271 pounds, people are like, oh my God, he's coming in so heavy, he's not going to be ready to go. And I think he shocked the world last night. He definitely did. Now let me ask you this, did you notice Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were in the building? I did not. Yeah, they, they were one of the people showing up at one point. Uh, I know you were probably watching this at work, so but uh, I caught that. What are the odds we see Tyson Fury making some kind of appearance for WrestleMania? Oh, tremendous, uh, especially considering, you know, he's fighting here in February, so he's clearly not going to be fighting anytime soon again. That's going to be in the middle of his time off, so it, there's a great chance that he's going to be there for WrestleMania. Yeah, 100%. I absolutely agree. I think that they already like him, they have a great relationship with him, and now that he has the world title, he's going to have all this buzz that they'll include him somehow. Thankfully, it won't be with a match with Brock Lesnar, as I don't think any of us want to see that, but we'll uh, hopefully get him in some way, and there'll be something interesting to maybe watch. He could be a great character. I think a great heel character in wrestling. I was going to say, he's already a great character, so the fact that he's so over the top and is the Gypsy King, I mean, that's huge. And I know a lot of people are going to be talking about that boxing last night, but to me, that's not the biggest event that happened last night. Over in Japan last night for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Nakamishi actually had his retirement match last night. And that was at Kurgan Hall, where he uh, was in a six-man. And on the other side of the six-man was actually Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Okada. So you want to talk about one hell of a way to go out in a retirement match. Good things for Nakanishi. Nakanishi, a name I know very well. <laughs> I'm struggling. Nakanishi, huh? Are you saying that right? I'm trying to think who that would be. 
I could be butchering his name. Like I said, I'm not tremendous with the Japanese. Maybe if I give you his full name, it'll help out a little bit. You know what I mean? Hold on a second here. All right. It is Manuba. N-A-N-A-B-U Nakanishi. Manabu Nakanishi. All right. Sounds you got it right. Well, hey, good for him. We wish him the best luck in his future endeavors. Well, I think that... <laughs> well, to give you an idea at uh, how um, important he is, Jeff, point, in the main event, he took everybody's finishers, um, <laughs> including the splash from Tanahashi, the Rainmaker. He took uh, Tanahashi. He took the Rainmaker from Okada, so he really got uh, going out the door. And I think I speak for all Americans when we see a retirement show like this in Japan by saying, wow, we still have no idea who this guy is. (laughs) I'm going to start off with NWA Squared Circle. I know you saw that. What are your thoughts on the program? And then I'll give you my thoughts. And I think Joe will probably have something he'll want to say on NWA Squared Circle. Circle Squared. Uh, circle yeah. Squared. Forgive me. I've been, I've been fucking yeah. that up all week because I naturally want to say Squared Circle. Yes, it's reverse. Circle Squared. Hit it, AJ. Now, now, by the way, on the last segment, I would have completely popped if you had said, wait a minute, I thought that guy was actually a video game maker. <laughs> that, that, that would have completely popped me on that segment, by the way. <laughs> like Vern Gagne. Exactly. Call back. All right. <laughs> so Circle Squared, not to be confused with uh, Squared Circle, I think is an interesting segment. Here's the part that I'm struggling with. It's supposed to be interactive where people are responding and commenting on these people that are trying to make a name for themselves and get into the NWA and having an opportunity. But they had people already video responding while the show was happening on YouTube. I mean, it's clearly pre-taped, and the responses are clearly pre-taped. So, if that part did not come across well to me. Hmm. I, you I wanted more of a live interaction. Exactly. If you're going to do it, do it live and have people's real interactions to it. Put the Twitter feeds up there. Put the, but the pre-canned video responses from people to me. It just kind of takes away from it a little bit. They're working on a budget here, all right? Billy Corey doesn't have a lot of money. Cut the guy some slack. <laughs> no, no, no. I hear that. It's just, it doesn't come across as honest reaction. Okay. What did you think about, we'll start off first with the Hawks, PJ and Luke. I love their gear. They look well together. Luke Hawks is obviously a staple in the Louisiana area and throughout that area when it comes to independent wrestling. He has trained many wrestlers that actually work today and is responsible for um, helping a lot of them to get their breaks and to work forward with his promotions down there. Um, his son is willing to apparently jump off of anything high up, including mall railings. But what was your initial response? Like, what was your initial thought when you saw you saw that video of that kid jumping off the mall? Because my initial response was, "Oh, this guy's a fucking moron." No, I'll, I'll say. No, that's exact, uh, no, that's exactly what my response was, and that's yeah. where I'm going with this. Is, is that while I'm impressed with the kid's job, I wasn't overly impressed with his common sense or his ring work. Now I will say this: on the flip side, what I ended up finding out afterwards changed my mind on that. 
They're both certified trained stuntmen, besides Luke training his son to be a wrestler. His son has got a great amateur wrestling background, and that is a spot that they've talked about before, and they never felt that he was in danger. Obviously, a certain amount of danger, but given the stuff they do sometimes as stuntmen, it felt in their wheelhouse. Also, hold on, hold on. I just want to say this too. The kid doesn't want to do it again either. He wants to actually, he's like, I actually, he said afterwards, I hope they don't expect me to do that every time. I'm a wrestler. I want to be on the mat wrestling. So full disclosure, that changed my mind about the kid. Go ahead, though. No, no, I understand that. I can see where that would actually change your mind about the kid, but here's my problem. All you have to do is do that once to get some other moron who's not trained to be a stuntman to fucking go out and try it. I'm gonna bring. I'm glad you brought that up because on the Keeping It 100 podcast, they had Luke Hawks on there, and Disco Inferno had a debate with him, and that was his point. His point was that it was good for them. It brought a lot of attention to them, but it wasn't good for wrestling because you're gonna have copycats potentially try to do this. It's only a matter of time before somebody's actually gonna hurt themselves doing yeah. that. But on the flip side too, I mean, somebody's gonna possibly get hurt doing any kind of normal of flips. I just watched MLW where uh, this oh uh, he used to be Gorgon Joe. What did he come out to his cage? Logan Creed. Logan Creed. Thank you. He does a fucking dive onto the floor, jumps over the ropes. He's like six seven, six eight, three hundred pounds. How at some point somebody's gonna do that and fuck up their neck too? Like that can happen. But but there is a difference between doing it in the text of a wrestling thing and doing it that way. <laughs> What he did in the mall could lead to some moron just jumping off the balcony on the Yeah, fair enough. Probably keep those people away from forks and knives, too, I'd imagine. But, all right. Yeah. No, so overall, who is the team you'd like to see get an NWA contract? The other team was best kept secret. What did you think of them, and would you would, would you rather go with them? I feel like you're leaning towards them a little bit. I am leaning towards them, although I think out of the four of them, we're better off if all four of them are kept a secret. Okay, that's fair enough. Joe, what did you think of this show? I was very impressed by PJ and Luke Hawks. I've heard of them because Hardbody Harper from the Booking the Territory podcast is involved with Wildcat Pro Wrestling. Hmm. So he talks a lot about working with Luke Hawks. And that's when I heard that PJ is a stuntman and an accomplished amateur. I thought the way he started off this match with the actual chain wrestling was very impressive. I like the whole idea of the show. It's an NWA and Lightning One production, and it's allowing talents that haven't been on NWA TV a chance to flex both their promos and then their in-ring ability. I went on the NWA website and looked about how does a wrestler submit for this. Mm. And all submissions are via email to the circle squared at nationalwrestlingalliance.com. And you have to include following four things. Anything that has anything more or less doesn't get considered. And it's a two-paragraph bio that highlights your special and unique story as a professional wrestler. Two is a photo that best highlights your character slash personality. Three is a link to your best match uploaded to YouTube with your name and the circle squared in the subject. And then a link to your best interview uploaded to YouTube with your Mm. name and the circle squared in the subject. So it's interesting the criteria they have. Now, I noticed a few of the people that they had already commenting seem to be almost established either YouTube stars or podcasts. You had Wrestling With Regret with Brian Zane. You had the Blue Meanie in there. Other people, they might be familiar to their podcast fans. I wasn't familiar with them. 
And Dave, we actually found like a four-hour video of the yeah. comments on YouTube as well. Which we didn't watch all four hours. We just found it. But it looks like there's a breakdown of everybody who saw the matches. It's their specific... Like what they saw, and yeah. maybe other people included that we didn't see. I mean, I really like the fact that the NWA is going to a third show, and it's not overkill. It's another, it's a half hour show, it's promo, promo, match, and then you vote or you get a chance to vote. And I thought it was an interesting take on things. NWA seems to be getting at that wrestling audience, but doing it in a different way. All right, Joe, first off, great research. Well, like I said, I love the concept. I agree with you. I think the concept of the show, and I think that the way they're going is perfect. I just would like to see real fan thoughts on it and not, like you said, people who are already established, YouTube stars or whatever these specialties are now. I would like to, to me, if you're going to build these stars, you want to see what real reactions are, not the reactions of people who are just looking to get a payday. And maybe going forward, after they have the voting come in, hopefully they'll be able to work it in. I don't know what the frequency of this show is going to be. That wasn't necessarily made clear to me today or the other day when I watched it. I looked on the website. I I assume it's just going to be something else on YouTube, like 10 pounds of gold comes out for that. Switch gears here a little bit. I want to talk about... AEW as well this week, easy for me to say. And NXT, we talk about both these shows a lot, so I'm going to make a quick MVPs. I want to just do this this week. Maybe we'll make an MVP of each show. I didn't think NXT, after coming a strong, strong special takeover, delivered as strong this past Wednesday. Solid, but nothing spectacular. But my MVP of that show continues to be the Brozierweights, and particularly Matt Riddle for making the first wellness policy joke I ever heard, talking about how he got a little party, a little crazy, Pete Dunn's a machine, just look at him. But unfortunately, the Dusty Cup failed a wellness test, and he won't be here for the next 30 days. So that popped me big. AEW was a fantastic show this week. I thought it was one of their best shows ever. And that MVP might be a little harder, but for me, it's Cody Rhodes. And it's partly just the performance he put on in that cage match. And look it up if you haven't seen it. His interview when the show ended, phenomenal. Talking about Dusty, gets you in tears. Cody, to me, is still, of all the people in that promotion that's doing well, is the MVP of that promotion for me. You got any MVPs, AJ? And what do you think of both shows? Hit it. First of all, let's go with NXT. NXT, as you said, was an okay show. They dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. You're coming off of a hot takeover, which we all agree is one of the best takeovers that we've seen. Phenomenal show, if not a show of the week last week, no matter where. And to me, this was ho-hum and at best of uh, um, NXT. I saw nothing that made me want to even just pop out of my seat or get up. Uh, the Bianca Belair coming in at the middle of the end of a match in basically doing nothing but saying, hey, don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely, they dropped the ball. Was this the first match or the first show on a Wednesday after a takeover? Yes. Yes, it was. Because typically the Wednesday after takeover shows have been that dark match period of a takeover. So I don't know if they just don't know how to program a show that close after. Mm. Could be a, a, a work in process. The one thing that- the one thing that the WWE has always done well is they're very good at doing the show after the big show and getting fired up going in the next direction. That's the one thing that WWE does well. And NXT, unfortunately, which has been an all-around better product than most WWE products, 
unfortunately, this is the one area where they dropped the ball this week was they did not do anything to really make you fired up going forward after the last jump. And I'm a little disappointed in them, Um, especially considering we all agree that they are the best pure wrestling program on TV right now. Oh, yeah. That, That being said, AEW, complete opposite. They have got me so fired up and ready for their pay per view after watching wrestling this week that I can't even tell you how great their show was. And the MVP for me for that show was actually. I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. I know that it's easy to say Cody. There's a reason why it's easy to say Cody. The man's freaking insane. Did you see the moonsault? Oh, yeah. That's nuts. Uh, I. I mean, the man's willing to sacrifice his big toe for us. How many people are willing to do that? By the way, too, shout out, I said this after the pod, uh, before the pod with Joe, I thought for being brought in in some vignettes that I didn't really care for and playing a basic heavy for MJF, nothing bad, Wardlow really showed his potential in this match. He held his own. He looked good as well. Oh, absolutely. I thought Wardlow, for being brought in, we, let's face it, we have no idea what Wardlow's capable of or what he was going to be able to do in that match. No. And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it is Cody Rhodes also being able to work a great match. But this young man came in and actually held his own, did not look like a complete bum out there, and went into a situation that could have been very easy for people to be able to pick apart and not enjoy. And he did a great job. All right. Before I, I'm going to ask Joe something here. Rather than MVP, I'm going to take this a little differently here since I don't want to like go too crazy about this. I want to bring up something that I saw about AEW in the news this week. Tony Khan put together the Tag Team Battle Royal. It was on PW Insider. He actually laid out the majority of the match with a little bit of help from QT Marshall and BJ Whitmer. All right, He was also the guy, apparently, who was creatively behind Sammy Guevara doing the cue cards. He also was responsible this week for telling everyone, which is a common thing, by the way, but he was responsible for saying, let's have the lights out before Darby comes out this week, too. It seems to me that we talked about this in the past a little bit, that Tony Khan has taken more of a creative control, but the guy's obviously a super fan, intelligent, and a lot of stuff he's doing is hitting off really well. What are your thoughts on this? The cue cards, I'm surprised that's a Tony Khan idea because that's genius. Mm. You got the picture-in-picture going during the breaks, yeah, and that can be a throwaway segment. That's Jericho yelling at the crowd Mm -hmm. from the ramp, guys just talking shit. The cue cards moved the story along but made it less boring for the viewer. Mm -hmm. I liked it when Darby Allin responded during one of his promos throwing the cue cards. Absolutely. Clues you in exactly to who he's talking about. I think if Tony Khan is involved in these things, it makes him a little better than just the average money mark that he's being accused of. Mm -hmm. Tag Team Battle Royal was alright. I mean, I wasn't crazy about it because it was just too many bodies. Sure. But... Props to the guy if he's a fan and he's starting to be able to book now. Yeah, and I think that was one of the better tag battle royals, personally. But if you're not a fan of tag team battle royals overall, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily a thing. There was a lot of explaining the rules, explaining that if one guy went out, his partner was still in. To me, there could have been an easier way to not have to hit people over the head with that. It felt like JR got to the point a couple of times on that. Let's hold on. Okay. Actually, I'll get you, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to get your comment on this instead. He just said, okay, I'm chomping at the thing here. Cause, oh, you want to talk about this Tony Khan thing? All right, go ahead. Yeah, first, first of all, the tag team that was trash. 
You, you, you want it to be good? I don't know. Have somebody win other than the Bucks. <laughs> well, wait, I think but, that's to but, set up a storyline that we should all see coming here. Maybe I'm alone on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we, we all know what storyline's coming. You okay. want to do the tag team battle royal, do it after the freaking Bucks versus the rest of the elite, because we all knew what was coming, so the tag team battle royal was a big waste of time. Secondly, if you're going to thank anybody for the cue card, screw Tony Khan. Loki from WCW is responsible for the fucking local cue cards. That motherfucker was doing that same goddamn thing with signs 20 years ago from the crowd in Raven's Flock. So that's stolen from WCW. That's trash. That's not even something new. <laughs> I like the cue cards in the picture of pictures, though. Good for him. All right. No, all right, I'm not right. saying I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's just not something fucking new. Loki did the goddamn thing 20 years ago. Well, I mean, most of this <laughs> stuff is recycled anyway. I mean, it's hard to come up with, like, brand new things. But... No, no, I, I hear you, but people are acting like it's freaking inventing the wheel. It's not even something new. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll tell you what. Here's something else I wanted to ask you about. There's a part in the show. Now, post Russell had talked about this, and they kind of agreed with JR. The character Chris Statlander. We all like Chris Statlander on here. But maybe the alien gimmick could have been explained a little bit better in videos and whatnot. Now, there's a point where <laughs> JR asks, I found it funny personally, but I, I get why maybe people didn't like it. Where JR asks Excalibur, where, uh, what do we know about this girl? Where she's from? And Excalibur starts talking about how her ship crashed from Area 51. And JR's like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. And Excalibur's like, he laughs it off. He goes, well, you asked. And there's good chemistry there. So what do you think? JR, is he saying what we all already kind of think with that? Or it should, it should not have been brought up? Is JR in the wrong? Or do they just need to explain this girl's character a little better? Hit me. Okay, first of all, JR popped the fuck out of me on that one. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. We all love Catalina. Let's get that across here. Right. She's a tremendous wrestler, a tremendous upside. She's absolutely amazing when it comes to her power in the ring. She's got a great presence there. I like the goofiness. I just don't need them to come out and actually explain it to me. And to be honest with you, I would rather just keep whatever her explanation is to herself and let us just believe that she's not a nutty person who can work. Right, 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 right. One more thing I want to talk about this week for I'll, I'll one of you guys have another talking point maybe here too. Keith, oh no, I got talking points. I'm sure you do. <laughs> All right, settle down here. Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith Lee was on backstage this week. Interesting. They brought him on for that. He was there with Mark Henry, who was a special guest as well. They had an interview with Mark putting him over as one of the best big men he's ever seen. And how Mark's like, you know, I don't just say that. I really see potential in you. All these guys. First, Keith Lee comes off like a gentle giant in this segment a little bit. Almost like, you know, the guy behind the superstar here is really just an easygoing, fun-loving guy. But, man, I don't know. I feel like they're grooming him for something big in the next year or two. Is he so good that it's going to happen? Or if they get their hands on him on the main roster, will they fuck this up? What's your gut instinct say? I don't fuck it up. <laughs> First of all, putting him next to the person who probably has been the black hole of more pushes than any person on the planet, Mark Henry, is not going to help. <laughs> Mark Henry came in as the world's strongest man in the WWE didn't know what to do with him so that's not exactly the greatest push by the way kudos to Mark Henry for 
having in every photo leading up to backstage gray beard <laughs> and somehow having a jet black beard on freaking on backstage. Hey, uh, that, that. Actually, how about this for a line? I don't know if you caught it. Booker T said, this kind of reminds me of the WWE Hall of Fame, the way we're all sitting here and then some guy jumped Brett. He's like, heads up, nobody do that. And I'm thinking like, who the fuck is going to jump on Keith Lee, Mark Henry, and Booker T? <laughs> yeah, not, not to mention Renee Young, who won't tear your ass off. You know what? They're probably better off jumping on one of them because those guys are probably a little meaner if you jump on Renee. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But overall, I think Keith Lee, you know, his gimmick is limitless. And he is. He is limitless right now. The problem with the WWE is they're limited in their foresight and in what they do with people at this point. They have cookie cutter things that they see for people. They're willing to push you as far as they see that, but they don't have the intuitiveness or the ability to see past that anymore. The Vince McMahon of old who saw potential and was able to push to the moon from the 1980s and was ahead of his time does not exist. He, He now has what he thinks stockholders want to see, what he believes you can do, and there's a roof on everything. Okay, I'm going to switch gears here. I know you want to talk about some segments. Well, I was going to say with Lee and Dijak, my worry is when they make it to the main roster or when they make it to like a Raw and SmackDown, it's going to be like when Andre came into the Federation. He could do drop kicks. He could do more athletic things. I think they'll be billed more as big men and lose some of that athletic prowess that makes them such a standout in NXT. That's my biggest worry. Okay. Hold on, AJ. I actually, I want to, I want to switch gears just a little bit here, Joe. And I, we can edit this out if you want. But quick question: Let me leave that in. I don't go fuck. I believe in your notes you were saying something about GCW. GCW, yeah, there was. Well, hold, well, hold on. I, I, mean, I know AJ doesn't watch GCW, and I don't really know much about GCW. I did hear a thing about possibly the way it's described to me as Atomic Heat for Ricky Shane Page. I don't know if that's where we're going with this at all. But my point is. Tell us about it. I want you to tell us what you're going to write, and then me and AJ are going to respond to this because we haven't seen this. All right, right, AJ, you got me? Absolutely. All right, cool. Hit me with this. I want to hear it. GCW is a promotion that really Joey Janela's kind of been the big one behind. They've done a lot of big events. They're behind the Joey Janela's Spring Break and a lot of those type events. They did like the Orange Cassidy. They run this very fine line between like deathmatch wrestling and putting on top level indie shows. Mm-hmm. Like in this Run Ricky Run, for instance, it was Joey Janela's return to the promotion. He hasn't done many events for him since the curtain call event that Superhuman was at. He actually wrestled Jordan Oliver. Okay. And they put on a good match. Similar to as in MLW, Jordan Oliver has a group that he's with called Young, Dumb, and Broke. Same kind of attitude they bring across. After this match, Joey Janela offered the possibility to Jordan Oliver that at spring break, it could be Jordan Oliver versus Will Ospreay. Ooh, okay. What Oliver had to do is give up his group. Hmm. It turns out the group jumps Janela. So obviously he doesn't take the opportunity to wrestle Osprey, which is wild. And then Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy come out to save hmm. Janela. And then it gets lined up for spring break that it's going to be Jurassic Express versus Young, Dumb, and Broke. Interesting. So a very interesting way they did it. This event was held at the same place that the second Bloodsport was held at. I believe it's the 
I want to say Riverboat Casino in New Jersey. You could tell it by the multicolored ceiling that they've got. Okay. They used to have AWA wrestling shows at that place, so I'm, I'm from Oh, there. okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh, I'm really AWA a fan was, of GCW. Hey, whoa, whoa, hold on. AWA was done at the Riverboat in Las Vegas, not the they, one in Atlantic City. They had some in Atlantic City. We'll go, we're going to agree. To this no, no. I know what you're talking about. I know they were mainly a Midwest promotion. and as of, I thought they did one in Atlantic City, too, though. But I, um, I could be wrong. Yeah, I know they taped from the one in Las Vegas all the time. That was oh, they did. Definitely did. They definitely did. Yeah. But all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this was, uh, sadly, I didn't make it to the the only match I haven't seen is Ricky Shane Page oh, okay. versus Nick Gage. Okay. I was especially interested in this pay-per-view because Ricky Shane Page had stole Nick Gage's title a while ago, and it, they were kind of building up to this match. That's why I bought it. But I wanted to mention this match in particular because it was nice to see Janela's return. He had a post-match promo talking about his back's been fucked up, so I think that's why he took some time away from GCW. Mm-hmm. But then during their intermission, they ran like two or three promo videos, I'd say, for upcoming Joey Janela matches. Okay, AJ, what's your response? Sounds like good stuff. I mean, it's not stuff that I'm, I've overly watched. Um, there are people that are competing on there that I've watched a lot of. I actually believe I'm not big um, Nick Cage. I think that he actually is doesn't get enough credit for what he's able to do. I know everybody knows him from his death matches and stuff of that nature with TCW and a lot of those independent promotions. But he's actually a good worker, fairly good storyteller in the ring. And as far as some of the wrestlers that are out there on the independents, he actually can do a really good job in there. So I've always been a big fan. Right, my, uh, the my, promotion... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it sounds like something I would love to give a chance to. So this weekend, I'm going to go out of my way and try to watch it. Uh, yeah, so I would say, too, my response to that is I love the fact it seems like AEW's letting some of their talent kind of go back there. And I know Marco Jungle Boy also had made a home there before, too. So this is super cool and had to be very exciting if you're in that crowd and a loyal fan of that product. You're thinking, okay, we get Janela, awesome. But no, wait, now we're getting, you know, these other guys who haven't been here in a while, too. Oh, yeah, once they found out they got Marco's stunt, they were probably just fucking thrilled. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to joke and correct me if I'm wrong because I know a little bit about this audience. They were probably super fucking snowed for Marco. I want to say that one guy in the audience told Marco to suck his dick and Marco responded on the mic, I probably would if you had one. (laughs) You know, he came out really hot to this crowd so I think he's had enough about really getting shit on Mm -hmm. and especially like when Janela cut his promo... Janela's got to be a big Cornet fan because he's aware of the Outlaw Mud Show shit, the cosplay wrestlers, hitting all the big Cornet lines. No, well, I think the difference with shows like this is that they actually can respond to the crowd, whereas Marco with AEW has to play the little freaking troll that can't really respond and just has to stay in character. So this is a chance for him to actually respond to the crowd and actually play off of it. I mean, I kind of like that they do that in AEW because he is of such a different size that sometimes his believability in matches is hard. And it doesn't affect my view of the product, but it is one of those things that when you see him get in the ring, you're like, all right, what's going to happen here? He, He seems like a comedy spot. Before we move on, is there anything else you want to tackle this week? I think that the one thing that I wanted to tackle this week is that the Randy Orton spots with the WWE right now and what's going on with Matt Hardy. I want to say that this is an exit from Matt Hardy. I know his contract's running up. But to me, they did enough the first time 
did they really need to bring him back here in the next place? <laughs> they didn't do it again. Oh, man, I was hoping uh, to see him again this week out in a wheelchair. <laughs> I guess I had a different opinion. Though. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of them saying goodbye to people. It's a little different than the way they say goodbye to Moxley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but are they going to kill him before he leaves? <laughs> uh, what WWE? No, I didn't make I didn't make uh, messages of too. Not to cut you off. I'd be a little minimalist if we didn't say this. I'm watching SmackDown the other day. I didn't nothing really catching my eye. They're doing the Otis Mandy Rose angle, and in the back, uh, basically, there's a segment where Tucker's trying to talk to Mandy Rose and how you broke his heart and she's like why'd you text him and you know they're kind of playing off the fact that Mandy wasn't probably the one who actually texted Otis but the fucking thing I noticed was this crowd it's a backstage segment out here go Otis 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 and they're going fucking nuts and I'm like I think this guy might be money like he's not really my thing but I think people love this guy oh no he's over yeah people love Otis people love uh I don't want to call him a bad guy because he's fucking strong as hell, mm. but he's got that round build. He yeah. does the freaking worm like Scotty Too Hotty. Is he like Chris Farley if he was a legitimate athlete and strong? I would say so. <laughs> that, and I think that his, his timing is good, and the fact that this guy who looks like an absolute troll is even in consideration of awesome being with Mandy Rose has given all of these guys out there that basically look the same but without their athleticism, are sitting there going, maybe I can get Randy Rose. Sit home. God damn it. All the fucking, you heard AJ, the trolls out in the world. <laughs> Thinking, oh man, I don't have to jack off to Mandy anymore. I might be able to get a girl like Mandy. Wow. I, 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 that, I think that's what the connection is. All right. I know we got some fans who are going to love that on our show. <laughs> anyway. Hey, we got some just because we're reaching out to Jesse in New Hampshire doesn't mean that. What? All right. <laughs> I didn't hear yeah, all that. All we heard was Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> the rest of it got edited. So, all right. Troll Jesse. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> That's AJ. No, no, he loves the fans. Thank you for your support. Saying, <laughs> I'm not saying Jesse's a troll. I'm saying all of New Hampshire is. Oh, all right. All right. So, apparently... <laughs> So, okay. So, suck a dick. <laughs> That's AJ. I think, we, I, I think we can all agree that New Hampshire is a third world country. I mean, I actually, I've had some good times in New Hampshire. God damn it. <laughs> Maybe some failed marriages, but you know what? We had fun some? in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's that's another story. All right. Is there anything you want to tackle, Joe, before we get... I watched MLW Fusion this week, and there were three standout matches that caught my eye. Hit me. I I really liked Douglas James versus the debuting Eric Stevens. Yep. Uh, The King Mo match was garbage versus Dr. Dax. Dr. Dax. Or as the separate names I had for him were Caney Biss. Caney Biss. And then Wack Kane. Because (laughs) this was just... Some fucking fat dude in a mask. Yeah. Did we put with King Mo, who's not a polished wrestler? Yeah, and it was just an unremarkable match to me. Uh, but the main event, Tom Lawler versus Ross uh, Von Eric, the grudge match. Lawler was getting some heat in Dallas. Oh and my that God. crowd was fired up. AJ, if you haven't seen this yet, go into this. Go into this. But Tom Lawler's starting a riot. Yeah, I know. You read it right. 
he basically humped the flag. He uh, yeah. somebody threw a garbage can in there, so they threw the flag at the garbage can afterwards. I thought they were gonna light the flag on fire. They were doing whatever. Fucking Tommy and Canary's running around on a fucking hobby horse, jumping around. They're they're doing everything. And Eric Stevens is part of this angle too now. What a great debut for him to not only win his match earlier, have a segment where he's calling out Davy Boy, and then he's part of Tom Lawler's group that gets mega heat at the end. So I, yeah, I, I really no, enjoyed that show too. If that's going to do it for this segment, AJ, you got one more thing you want to add? Uh, the only thing that I want to add is, um, so everybody keep tuning in, listening to what we're going to say here on the Working Fans Podcast. We are the Working Fans. We don't, it's not just a gimmick. It's what we do. We work our asses off to bring this product to you. Producer Joe over there comes up with great content every week. Me and Dave, we bring it home with our smiling personalities. Yeah, and we hold our dicks. <laughs> exactly. And not just when we're thinking about Mandy Rose. No, no, um, no. All those trolls in New Hampshire, too. <laughs> Shout out to New Hampshire. Exactly. <laughs> so, hey, we're not your everyday podcast. We're the Working Fan Podcast. So tune in or tune the fuck out. If you're listening to this podcast right now, the Working Fans Podcast, then Happy New Year to you. And we know you can listen to other podcasts. But thanks for taking the time to listen to this one, man. I mean... Hey, I love podcasts myself, and I'll be listening, so. <laughs> you guys are fucking shit. The Working Fans Podcast with Dave and Joe, and we are here today with second-generation wrestler, one of the all-time greats, big fan of this guy, Mr. Pat Tanaka. Pat, how the heck are you? Hey, guys, what's going on, man? Long time. Huh? <laughs> uh, that's what it's been, a long time. You broke in. You're you're a second-generation wrestler, correct? And your brother was a referee, too? Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And it's true. And who helped train you? Was it Hiro Mansuda? Yes, it was Hiro Mansuda. He yeah. was the one that trained me. Okay, okay. In the beginning, we always heard, like, you know, it was a different era. And how was it for you? Did, did you get stretched? Did you get beat up? Was that part of the deal? Or? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I tell you what, it was like unreal, man. I got, I mean, tortured when I was a kid. So, well, see, um, Hero was not only my pro-wrestling teacher, he also taught me judo and amateur wrestling. So I started training with him really young. Boy, I tell you what, it's not much different than, uh, uh training with, <laughs> you know, when I was pro because, I mean, they just, they tortured me for real. Wow. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Now, do you follow uh, MMA as well, Pat? I do. Okay. I sure do. Now, you have a school where you teach judo still? No, I don't. Not anymore. I teach pro wrestling now. Oh, okay. Wow. Unbelievable. We've yeah, been having I some mean, uh, wrestling school teachers on. Dr. Tom was on here recently, too, so that's pretty fun. No way. Dr. was on there. I love Tom, man. He's awesome. That's something we did. Uh, I never heard anybody ask you. Did you prefer tags or singles? You did a lot of tags. Oh, yeah. I love tagging. I mean, that's such a different, you know, way to wrestle. And you can be so creative, you know. You can do all sorts of really cool things that you can't do the singles, you know. Absolutely. When you met Paul Diamond, or you guys started teaming together, was that the CWA? Yeah, it was. But I went to Boss. That was when I was working for Jarrett. And I tell you what, uh, man, I... <laughs> It was a crazy time when I went in there because um, W. Handel there, I mean, there were so many different guys there. It was crazy, man. And the craziest guys were there, you know. Buddy Landell, oh my God, you know. Sounds like it was a hell of a party scene back then. It was. It was too much, you know. Absolutely too much. 
Uh, I, <laughs> I bet there's some stories you may not want to tell, but I just, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, those are stories, uh, better, you know, said, man. I, I think I'm still be able to be arrested now. So okay. No. <laughs> no worries. We won't push that one, then. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the task force busting down my door here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You got to work with a lot of great experienced guys there, too, right? Like Bill Dundee, Rocky Johnson. That must have been uh, oh quite a learning tree. Yeah. I mean, I was so lucky, you know what I mean? When I started this business and, and growing up through it, I met, I mean, the best in the whole world. You know, and the funny thing is, the uh, the guy that, uh, you know, was my dad's partner that owned CW, I mean, uh, CWF, uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, he was probably the biggest genius in this business, you know? And that was a, I don't know if you guys are really familiar with him, but this man, and he was Mike's father, my grandfather. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, he was a true, true genius for this business. I've never heard anything like it in my life. He was, he was pretty incredible. And I tell you what, man, the guy, he looked like a movie star. He was truly, he looked like this movie star. He had long, long hair, you know, just, the chin like Kirk Douglas, you know, I mean, he was like, you know, the man, you yeah. know, and it was so funny because, I mean, this guy was such a genius in this business, and I don't know what happened, he didn't rub off on me or anything, all it did was just <laughs> make it harder for me in this business, you know, <laughs> and boy, I always try to remember because I was a referee then, right? and he used to give me the finishes, so I'd give everybody the finishes that night. And I tell you what, to this day, I wish I wrote those finishes down because they were pretty incredible. You know, I mean, he was totally, you know, I mean, so smart. He was incredible. I, that's why I love this business. It's because of the, the uh, creative side of it, you know? Absolutely. Pat, I got to tell you, the first time I saw you wrestle that I remember was the AWA. You were with Paul Diamond. And I thought to myself, now mind you, I'm younger too, so I, I don't get everything about wrestling, you know, yet. I, I know it's predetermined, but you guys are beating each other up still, but I'm like kind of, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. So a lot of it's just look. And my God, when I first saw you guys come out with Diamond Dallas Page, I was like, that manager is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it was the funniest thing because when they first with him, they were going, you're kidding me, man. <laughs> Why don't you replace Diamond with Tanaka? Diamond Dallas Page with Tanaka, man, because, uh, yeah, he towers over both of these guys. Hmm. Uh, like, I was wondering because he's got a great mouthpiece and he's got a great look, but I was also wondering too, given the time period too, if his size was kind of a detriment for you at the look, but also like he does add a lot because he can talk so well. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, definitely not a deficit. I mean, you know, I mean, you got a guy like that, you know, he's a ton of finishes because he's so big, you know? How was it uh, working for Vern? Oh, it was fun. You know, I mean, it was funny because, you know, Vern was like, Kind of like, uh, I can't really. I mean, you know, I just hate to talk bad about him. But I mean, he was, like, different. <laughs> sure. Not a problem. I get you that. Know. He was, by all intents and purposes, I heard he was a professional, but very difficult at times, too. Very, <laughs> very Right. Right, right. <laughs> His way or the highway. Yeah. And we used to rib him. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. I mean, the things that, you know, we used to do to him. Yeah. I mean, people, like, oh, man, that time. That, you know, what happened was, in our territory, everybody started doing ribs, really heavy ribs. So we started this thing with the locks, where they put locks on everything. Put locks on your door handle, the car, and lock all your bags up, <laughs> you know, with the, you know, those combination locks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it really started a war in the dressing room. <laughs> 
So anyway, everything's about timing. You got to remember, uh, this is done way before this meeting. So Bernie just calls us and all, and, and everybody to the office and says, we're having a meeting right now. So you go into the office, everybody's sitting down, we're all looking at them, you know, what's going on, what's going on. He goes, look, guys, he goes, I'm going to give this one more day. And he goes, if it happens again, he goes, you guys, I'm closing our company down. <laughs> and then we're all looking at her, what are you talking about, you know? And he goes, yeah, one more lock on anything. <laughs> you guys are done because this is public now, okay? Now, remember Nick Bosworth, he's in the bathroom right now. And he comes, and, and, and he's saying that, and he's saying if there's one more lock, anything, he's going to shut the company down, right? So anyway, here comes Nick Bosworth out of the bathroom, <laughs> and he, he has his glasses in hand, looking at his glasses, and going, how could they do this? Why would they do this? He had a $300 pair of glasses. Oh, man. They would put a lock between the glasses. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. Right? And so, I mean, that was just the beginning of it. So, Bernie just blows up right here in front of everybody, just starts going, oh, my God, you guys are fucking sick. And all this kind of, I'm sorry, didn't mean like, You can cuss all you want, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're good. And so he goes, I can't believe you got, oh, my God, you know, and he started cussing and swearing at us and everything. And all of a sudden, he goes, fuck it. He goes, this, this, this office is closed. He grabs his briefcase <laughs> and he grabs it and turns good and it's locked to the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and if you would have seen it at that moment, I mean, back, I wish that we had back then the videos like on our phone. Yeah. Because, yeah, I would have made millions of dollars right here. <laughs> I mean, the timing of it when he was so mad, he grabbed he goes, you guys are finished. And he grabbed his briefcase and boom, he went to go and he yanked them back into the desk. <laughs> and he goes, oh my God. And he started kicking in there and fucking kicked over the door and ran out. Oh my God. Uh, I'm David and Italian, man, we had the best time of our lives, man. I loved it. Now, who were some of the wrestlers in the office that day that were getting talked to? Oh, it was me. <laughs> Just you? <laughs> me. Yeah, me, Kurt Henning, the Rockers, the Nasty Boys, Larry Zabisco. <laughs> we had Wayne Boom, Mike Enos. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, wow, uh, so a lot of ribbers in there. Oh, Tom Z. God, what a territory was. They all sold out Houston, um... And, uh, what was the guy's name? Oh my god, there's so many in there. Oh, wow, a lot of fun though. Tommy Jammer, Ricky Rice, John Paul, uh, the Top Guns, Wendy Richter, Medusa Michelli, Sherry Martell. Jeez, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, so actually, I gotta ask you, Pat, while we're on the subject of ribs. <laughs> I gotta ask, what about Mr. Fuji? Did you see any of his ribs? Because we heard he's, he's had some pretty legendary ribs, we heard. Oh my God, it was, I mean, he was, now that was an evil genius right there. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be on that show, evil geniuses, you know. <laughs> oh my God, you know. He was, yeah. But you know what, I mean, he was definitely a rizzle, but man, I mean, he was kind of like a little bit packed rib. <laughs> oh, we heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, they were a little bit, they were a little bit too much for me. I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, there's a point that you can't do, you know. There's some things you just cannot do, you know, because that's like breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's taking ribs to a different level. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, 
that's just that's just way beyond you know that's going past where you're looking at time in prison. You know? <laughs> oh my god, man! Now when I was a kid, I used to watch the. Uh, I watched you come into WWE with uh, part of the Orient Express with Mr. Fuji. And I was thinking about this the other day because I never thought about it as a kid. But nowadays, probably the gimmick and everything was almost a little too, like, stereotypical. It probably wouldn't even be allowed now, I was thinking. Like, we live in such a PC culture. And I was wondering, did that even cross your mind back then? Or was it like, you know what, like, this is our job, we're having fun? Or, like, you know, did anyone ever think about that stuff? So like there was a lot of like stereotypes back then, you know, like the Asian wrestlers and everything, like with throwing the oh. salt. Yeah, did anybody ever pick yeah. up on that? Because like that shit would not fly today. <laughs> yeah, you mean totally incorrect, right? Right. Incorrect. You know, I mean, we are. I mean, but you know, remember, you know, was already, you know, I mean. Oh, different time period. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you got, you know, it was like divided in its group. Really, even though everybody going with every, we were a family, for real. But, right. You know, it was me, Snooka, uh, Haku, Barbarian, Snu- um, who was, uh, who was, uh, was um, well, Samu, I can't remember who else was there with those guys. But, I mean, you guys are on the road. We all hung up together, right? Yeah. And then it was the uh, Muslim people over there. <laughs> you know, you got the Muslim clan. Yeah. You know, you got Sting, you got Luger, you got all those guys hanging out together. And, uh, and, and I was put in a different category myself. No. I had a couple of one now how was your time in uh, WCW we we heard they paid very well and you didn't really have to do a lot a lot of times back then yeah I mean they paid awesome you know it was great it was such a great time over there you know I mean well you know what I can't say it was not it was a great time everywhere that we wrestled it was more business like right it wasn't the same as WWF or AWA kind of started changing after that that's when um, things started changing for the guys. It started being more business than wrestling. It wasn't. It was starting to get political. Now, Pat, That's I got a question I, for you. Sure. What does pro wrestling mean to you? Like when you think about it, since you came up in the business, like how is it different from kind of what we're given today on TV? Well, today I mean, it's not. I mean, it's nothing like what we had. There's nothing there. I mean, it's a different world now. Absolutely. I don't think I could be, I don't think I could survive in it. I honestly don't, I don't think I could probably survive in the era today. In WWE, I mean. Yeah. I was, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I was talking about this with Dr. Tom, and we were saying how, like, it's so, like you said, it's a different world now. Like, people get all their information instantly, like, on the internet and stuff, too. And the attention right. span is totally different. So. I mean, well, I mean, that's totally different audience as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I mean, because, like you said, I mean, it's got the internet, you got everything else now, and you can see immediately if, you know, the same finish is there, same finish is there, right? Yeah. Well, also, you know, the thing is, is that, like, how do I say, uh, before when I was working, I mean, we didn't smarten up anybody. Or we tried not to. Right. I mean, I've seen a lot of people wrestle where they smartened up people, but, you know, <laughs> what I needed, I, you know, for myself, I mean, we didn't never talk about finishes. We never, you guys wouldn't have known what, like, K-Fabe, or you wouldn't have known what, who's going over, or, 
diabetes getting over or whatever. You know, those terms. Today, it's used by everybody. Right. Back when I was starting, oh my God, you never talked that way in front of people. You said you have a wrestling school now. How long has that been going on for, bud? Almost a year. And It'll be opening in April one year. All right, awesome. Is what was the last time you were an active competitor? I heard it was a few years ago, right? No, I wrestled uh, one more than two, three, three weeks ago. No shit, really? Yeah, in Canada. I went on a tour up there. Right, you know who Danny Deegan is? Yeah. Yeah, I wrestled him and a couple other people. Bobby Blaze, another wrestler, was on the show one time, and he was giving us uh, Malenkoisms, and he was talking about, like, staying in shape. He said that uh, young men should work out, old men need to. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, right? Yeah. Do you find it, you know, like, you do, you do your best to keep active? I mean, like, you know, do you have a workout regimen you still do? or Absolutely. When I get on my couch, I, I try to do like a lot of crunches. And, and when a, you know, a commercial comes up, I'll try to get up and grab a drink out of the refrigerator. Yeah, I still, I mean, I still, you know, try to do as much as I can, you know. Um, oh, Pat, you're right, but. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you this then. We'll we'll wrap this up soon. Uh, is there anything else you want to promote? Anything else you got going on besides the school? Or you can talk about the school. Yeah, man. I mean, one more thing. You know, I just, uh, last year or the year before, I finished off a movie. It's called Monster Four Zero, man. And if uh, you guys get a chance, you know, later on sometime, when it, uh, we're gonna, I think it premieres sometime this year, you know, if you don't get a chance, take a look at it and see if you like it and stuff like that. It's for more People are Comic-Con people, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's like the Comic-Con movie, you know what I mean? It's, it's about that. Nice, uh, we'll definitely have to I'm check that a, out. I'm not a sci-fi person, so, you know, I'm totally lost when it comes to things about, you know, Comic-Con, so no idea what that means. But, yeah, if you guys uh, get a chance, check it out. It's called Monster Four Zero. I've got a part. God, crazy people have put that movie in there. <laughs> Yeah, man, check it out. And also, um, trying to think here. I think that's it, man. My school, that's it, you know. And What's the name of your school, Pat? It's called uh, Tanaka Productions. Okay. And is there a way for people to contact you? Yes, yes, absolutely, man. Uh, you can either email me at badcompany at gmail.com. Oh, bad, it's uh, B-A-D-D-C-O at 8561 at gmail.com. Or you can just call me at 719 729-6007 you know anytime that is awesome man good stuff it is a pleasure talking to you I loved hearing about the ribs <laughs> and you are you are absolutely a gentleman thank you so much for your time sir yeah thank you, you Pat have a great one man take care welcome to the 531 where we take our top 5 list on a certain subject debate it down to a top 3 further debate it down to a top 1 this week's subject which was nominated by Zach yes is top five botched angles. And this is another one that I'm not going to hate on it, but there are so many botched angles, a variety of places you can go from, that it's going to be interesting to see what everybody comes up with. Uh, one thing before we get to this, Matt Jordan had messaged me on Twitter about this. I didn't tell him we were doing it by afternoon, so I haven't heard from him back yet. So, sorry, Matt. 
We can get you next week, bro. And uh, Matt Jake. Jordan from Hearts Unknown yeah. and Jake from Griswold. List Unknown. Yeah, <laughs> Jake too. Jake from Griswold. Jake. Oh, you told him about it. I did. Yeah, that so. is Jake St. John, and th- I didn't realize he was an author. He's got a book on Amazon. So if you support the Working Fans podcast, support <laughs> Jake. Go on Amazon, search Jake St. John, get the book. I think I paid like eight fifty for it. There you go. So wait, 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 wait. Jake's got a book on Amazon? You goddamn right he does. <clears throat> yeah, he's what, actually what, a poet. What, what's it about? It's a book of his poetry. You know what? I'm going on. I'm clicking on right now while we're on the podcast. I'm going to buy this. Goddamn right. Yeah, man. that's what I want to push everybody to do because we don't have too many sponsors on here. You hear our anchor sponsorship, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we want to support people that support us. Mm-hmm. So if you got a couple extra bucks, you know somebody that likes poetry... Buy it. I'm trying to get him on the show too, but he's been trying to nail them rats lately. So I can't. Uh, I can't promise you anything. We we will get him on soon <laughs> enough, and we will talk about his book. But not the rats. The top five watched angles is brought to you by Jake St. John. This well, actually, week. it's brought to you by his brother Zach St. John. I will support brother anything but New Hampshire. Okay, okay. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yes, it, yes. the book is sponsored. The Busher, The book is sponsored. Yes. I want to say it's Lost City Highway. Lost be, might be Lost Highway City. I didn't write it down. I just wrote our list. Sorry, Jake. We don't do our homework. Search Jake St. John. Get the book. But now back to the list. Jesse from New Hampshire had the Royal Rumble 05 ending, the Finger Poke of Doom, the Raven Sandman Crucifixion, the Montreal Screwjob, and Katie Vick. Mm. Now the 05 Rumble ending. What is that? Was that Cena and somebody else? Yeah, it was Cena and Batista. Uh, they went out at the same time. They weren't. It was supposed to be Cena going out. And this is also yeah. the infamous incident where Vince McMahon comes out and tears <laughs> both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, this is also where uh, Vince, I believe, later said on a conference call or someone had said that, yeah, Vince got injured doing a stunt. The stunt was walking. <laughs> by the way. The man was now, so fucking pissed. He's stomping mad. He tore his quads walking. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. I like the fact that we're all right. I like the fact that we're talking about that. But can we talk about one other thing on his list? Montreal Wait, that was Jesse, Jesse from New York. Not actually yeah. an angle. What's that? Montreal screwjob not actually an angle. Montreal screw. I mean, they turned it into an angle. No, they eventually turned it into an angle, but the actual Montreal screwjob itself. But not actually an angle. No. To be fair, when Jesse asked about this, I kind of looked at it as in kind of an interpretation. Like, I was at work, so I just gave him, I think I said characters, storylines, angles. Like, mm-hmm. so I uh, it, left it a little open for him on that one. I see your point. In, in, in fairness to Jesse, also. I'm a bit of a dick. <laughs> oh, he's going to know when this episode comes out. All right. Scott from Voluntown had the invasion. He had the gobbledygooker. I did it for The Rock. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Claire Lynch. Oh, that was a good one. And Katie Vick as well. Mm. Now, uh, I did it for The Rock. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, that was when, I want to say, Rikishi hit Stone Cold with yeah. his car. And he's like, I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. <laughs> yeah, Claire Rikishi, Lynch, yeah, man. I forgot about that one. Oh, and Becky, when he tried to kiss Becky? Wait, what? Are you talking about when he tried to kiss Becky Lynch? Who's that? Claire. 
No, no, Claire Lynch. That's uh. Oh yeah, that's a bad one too. My bad. That's the one from TNA with uh, AJ Styles was. They were trying to. Make no, I think you said Claire Lynch. No, no, yeah, yeah, Flair Lynch. <laughs> yeah, Flair botched that one. He was trying to get in them guts. It didn't work out. <laughs> Seth showed up. Now, get out of here. <laughs> now, we got Randy Osga's list. He also has the invasion. Sure. He's got the ECW revival, <laughs> NWO and WWE, yep. the Nexus, mm-hmm. and then he has Rusev Push as his last one. <laughs> It also might not technically be an angle, but... Let's let him up, AJ. They have fucked it up. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Fucking rib into Randy Osga. He deserves it. <laughs> okay. First of all, Randy's not from New Hampshire, so he's all right with me. Secondly, he's been day one and our number one supporter. So for you, Randy, you get a pass. <laughs> Jimmy Evans. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Moving on. Where's Jimmy Evans been? We haven't heard from him. I don't know. He might be hanging out with Pat Tanaka somewhere. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Guest of the show this week, Pat Tanaka. Pat Tanaka. Fucking legend. I'm going to give you guys my list. Then we'll go to Zach's list since he brought us the subject. Then we'll do AJ and Dave. All right. So for my Absolutely. list, I had to put the Shockmaster on there. Mm-hmm. My second one was the Beatdown Clan and Impact. If you're not familiar with them, that's when MVP, Samoa Joe, Bobby Lashley, Loki were all in one group, and it didn't make it a couple months. Mm. The Blue Blazer returned it over the edge, enough said. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. The ECW reboot in WWE. And I put the Woken Matt Hardy angle on. When I was thinking of that, I was thinking more of the New Day ripoff video that they did when Hardy was in Impact. Hmm. But I think that the Woken Matt Hardy angle overall was... Big or storyline was a miss compared to what was done in Impact. Absolutely. So much buzz and they just they failed. They failed. And Zach's list is the Daniel Bryan Yes Movement. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair's The Black Scorpion. Nexus. Yeah. He also had The Shockmaster. And he also had The Invasion Angle. Now, I want to talk about the Daniel Bryan Yes Movement. Because there's a couple ways to look at that. Was that a failure? Because they kept fucking that up? Because that obviously wasn't the plan. But Bryan did get over. Now, here's the thing. And Bryan did eventually get the title. So, there's a couple ways to look at it. Maybe the Bosch Angle there is technically... God damn it, we tried to fuck over Daniel Bryan, but he got over somehow. <laughs> I mean, I would say that almost the WWE at any point is making people work from a disadvantage because they almost want you to come up as the character they envision you as. Yeah, they actually called that, I think, in a press conference somewhere I heard recently, uh, the, the whole yes thing with Bryan and people getting upset at the Rumble. That was a vocal minority who were just really loud. It was such a vocal minority, people were doing it at fucking hockey games and baseball games. So yes, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that's a vocal minority. No. That, is, that is something that... That was something that grew despite how little WWE tried fostering it, I think. Absolutely. And I would say that the fact that he won the title at WrestleMania is like a one in a million chance. That doesn't happen too often with the company that I've seen. CM Punk doesn't leave the company. It might not still have happened. Exactly. AJ, hit us with your list, buddy. Oh, absolutely. Chris Barnett or Cody Angle. 
Oh, snake in the grass, Al Wilson, getting that. All right. Another bad angle that just did not get over, and I think it was the timing of the angle, was actually Muhammad Hussan and Davari, the terrorist angle. Good old terrorist angle, yeah. For my number fifth one, I think, unfortunately, this angle just really didn't go where they thought it would go. The Chris Benoit no-showing the paper angle. <laughs> I don't know if that was an angle for a guy who criticized so heavily here. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't feel so bad about the Blue Blazer thing <laughs> no. I mean, they almost swayed us with the tribute one the night after. Mm-hmm. Almost swayed us, but I still think the angle panned out. All right, I'm going to close the door on this thing. First off, I want to make one special shout-out to WCW, who had Harlem Heat in chains with Colonel Rob Parker when they first came in. And Parker looking like a fucking plantation owner, bringing out these two big African-American guys in fucking chains. And Jesse Ventura apparently had said on the commentary of a tape WCW Saturday night to Tony Giovanni, uh, am I the only one here who sees something wrong with these two black guys coming out on chains with this guy who looks like a plantation owner? And Tony's like, we're fucked up, man. I don't know what to tell you. That lasted a couple weeks. Anyway. Harlem Heat, we're coming for you. <laughs> shout out for that. Okay, Invasion Angle. I'm almost wondering if we got disqualified this one because it made so many lists, but it's on there. I also put Shockmaster. I mean, look, it's kind of a character, but it was supposed to be a debuting character in a big match, and <laughs> when you fall through the fucking wall, <laughs> it's like and- the most epic botch of all time. You're and making my list. He did end up wrestling as that character, but he looked dramatically different when he made it to the ring. Well, so yeah. that could be the botch that just changed it all. May Young giving birth to a hand. I don't, I'm not sure where that was supposed to go, but that, the, hand, the hand, I don't know. Is it over? All right. Katie Vick uh, also made my list. And my final one was Vince McMahon's death, uh, where they had the exploding limousine. And uh, unfortunately, Chris Benoit might have fucked that one up, too, because he had to come back. Yeah, uh, my, yeah my angle ruined your angle. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I, I, if it wasn't bad enough, I think the thing that might have been distasteful is all the real deaths we had throughout the years that we had to add a 10-bell salute for Vince McMahon, who wasn't really fucking dead, and we had wrestlers in there trying not to laugh during this motherfucker. I like the fact that Vince McMahon versus God made no <laughs> Vince, oh, yeah, we didn't do the, the God, uh, and, uh, Shawn Michaels and God versus the McMahons. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty There's plenty of bad angles to go around. Yeah. Now, I mean, that was a hot tag involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. From this list, I moved the invasion angle on. I moved Katie Vick on. Sure. What stands out amongst this crowd as something that should make it to the third one? Well, I think for the third one, we... The Raven-Sandman crucifixion. I really like the Fritz heart attack. Of the world-class angles that were botched, mainly, you could bring up Lance Von Erich. 
You could bring mm. up making Mike wrestle after the toxic shock. Mm. The Fritz would that have been maybe the first heartless angle that was run, and then it was just more of the same as time went on? And I think that's what it was. Was and the big problem that people had with Fritz and later on with mm. world class in general was how much they put on the tragic side. It was almost like they started to emphasize the tragedy more than the actual wrestling. Hey. And then they ended up with plenty of tragedy to go around. I was going to say, they had plenty of tragedy. You don't need to fake it at that point or construct it. Hey, quick sidebar or, or, here. Or did he start killing his children just to make money? Let's talk about this real quick. Quick sidebar. This heart attack angle has some legs, though, because Ric Flair would later do this heart attack angle, too, on WCW. And special shout-out to uh, Mama Guerrero, who also did the angle, but ended up having a shoot heart attack during the angle. That woman was fucking, not, fucking around. She was willing to really play ball. So, anyway... Yeah, shout out to the heart attack angle. That definitely. <laughs> so we'll do heart attack versus Shockmaster because Shockmaster came up on a couple lists. Okay, it's a big one. I think well, the heart attack is more egregious because you're building a trust with your fans down in Dallas, and then you're just blatantly lying to them. Well, also one is very distasteful. The other one's just a guy who was a little clumsy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And I mean. <clears throat> To, to me, the heart attack angle, I would move it on just because mm. the Shockmaster is funny. It has some legs as a laugh. The heart attack, you look back and you're like, wow, that. And you know what, though? Uh, overall, people are still talking about Fred Oatman because of that. And they kind of made that work to a certain extent. Okay, yeah. He, so, does, he does sign. Yeah. Does signings? He's got an action figure with the helmet off and everything too. So, so if it's working a little bit, I say then we don't move that on because this is boshed. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's that. I think that's actually the reason why we can't move on the Owen Hart and the Chris Benoit angles because people still talk about them. Right. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll go with the heart attack. Side. <laughs> I almost wish I had put Harlem Heat there on my list instead of the shout out though. <laughs> all right, so uh, I don't know how that should have made all of our lists, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so of these three, the invasion angle, Katie Vick, Fritz Heart Attack, which is the first to go? Well Oh wow. So uh I mean I think see, I would like to see the invasion knocked off. I was gonna say the invasion too, because I would say between the Fritz Heart Attack and Katie Vick, you have a different level of botched, mm-hmm. and it almost has that air of seriousness where it's like they did what? But are we are we knocking off the invasion because it's the clear winner? Because when you think of the most botched angles of all time, did the invasion not pop in most people's heads first? It certainly did mine and exactly, all other people. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is, it to me, the invasion. Couple lists. Hmm. You know, yeah, to me, make AJ's mine. Yeah, made Scott's, right? Made Scott's. Scott's Zach, me, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you why the invasion didn't make my list real quick, guys, and that might affect this. The reason why the invasion didn't make my list is you have to remember who was actually available for the invasion. You didn't exactly have the top-tier talent available for the invasion. We literally got the second string of a failing company as who was going to be invading. Yeah, you, for the most you, had, that you, almost gives it you had guys that other, other, 
Yeah, other than Booker T, you basically have second-string players invading the WWE. Well, here's my thing with the Fritz angle, too. As hot as Dallas was... It was just so regional. It's kind of regional, and it's not something that's still, like, talked about to this day for that much. Like, when AJ brought it up, I remembered it, but I wasn't thinking about it, you know? So I was, like, good on him for, like, remembering that and bringing it up, but it's not something, like, you know, like, immediately comes to mind. So. In fairness, it also happened 40 years ago. Yeah, you also, I mean, I don't know, is it, is it talked about in the Gary Hart book at all? I haven't made it that deep in there. Okay, I'm, okay. Sure, I'm sure it would be. We can bounce the heart attack angle out just because of how long ago it was mm-hmm. and the more regional scope of its issue. Let's take a different slant on this as we move to the finals, though. Invasion angle, Katie Vick. What good came out of the invasion angle? I mean, Hurricane Helms got over. You know, Booker T ended up being a star. What good came out of Katie Vick? Oh, the hand. Oh, no, Katie Vick, sorry, that's separate. <laughs> Katie Vick is a dead body. Nothing good came out of that. Yeah, okay. yeah I mean, the invasion angle, I, I look at it as a big botched angle, even though it wasn't on my list, because you had these guys, you had a failing company that they wanted to make this big deal about bringing these guys in. But they didn't have the structure to bring in the names, so they brought in a bunch of bodies where a small amount of them that weren't previously big got over. Um, That being said, yeah, Katie Vick, I think, is the obvious winner. But guys, I do want to mention something real quick, because we kind of glazed over it. I know it only made my list, but the the Muhammad Hussain angle where he was a terrorist with Jabari... I mean, you're talking about we actually ruined the kid's career here. Mm-hmm. This this young Italian kid who's not even Arab, who actually could work inside the ring because of this angle, literally lost his career. It's part of it. I mean, from all reports, this guy wasn't exactly the easiest to get along with backstage. So maybe if he had been like a model employee, they might have found something. And also part of this was also timing. Yeah, I was going to say the timing, the angle they chose to run and then real world events that coincided with it. Right. It was just one of those storms where it happens. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do differently with him? People are familiar with him as Muhammad Hassan. Can you repackage but, him? He but that's also where I'm... Shuffle. But that's kind of where I'm going with this is that to me... The Katie Vick angle, which is definitely worse than, in my opinion, um, Invasion. To me, the Muhammad Hussain is actually worse than the Invasion. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, duly noted. <laughs> I just wanted to side part of that. So all right. Sorry. That's all right. I think, uh, I think we wrapped this up. Though. I mean, part of the 5-3-1 is always the honorable mentions because certain things are going to move on, but then there's going to be highlights amongst the pack that just might not have enough votes. Like... Ric Flair is the Black Scorpion. Sure. Interesting one. I was thinking JYD when he came back as, who was it? The guy with the mask? Yeah. In Mid-South? Junkyard Dog. Yeah, that's a... Junkyard Dog. He came back as Stagger Lee. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, alright. He had the mask. It was one of those get-out-of-town things that kind of failed. Yeah, or any of the Midnight Riders. Uh, but at the end, but at the end of the day, that's what the five three one's all about. It's about getting us fans together, getting us talking about angles and remembering things, and getting these debates going. So, guys, if you're out there and you've got something you want to debate 
or maybe you feel passionate about what we talked about today, get on Twitter, get online, tell us what you think, come up with a topic, we'll debate your topic, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> and thank you for wrapping us up, AJ. The winner this week is Katie Vick. You guys know where to find us. Tell us what you think. Have a good week. Later. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 